It's time for All Hands on Tech. Climb on board as we explore all the amazing things happening in Nova Scotia's tech sector. Each episode, we'll chat with local experts to uncover the secrets of what makes Nova Scotia the best place for collaboration, innovation, and creativity. All Hands on Tech is proudly produced by Digital Nova Scotia, the industry association for Nova Scotia's growing tech sector. Welcome back to All Hands on Tech. I'm Claire. And I'm Ashley. Today we're talking about the democratization of digital, specifically how one of our members upskilled its entire Canadian workforce to better understand data and analytics, which of course not only empowered their employees, but increased efficiencies across the entire organization. Through its digital enablement team, PricewaterhouseCoopers now takes lessons learned through its own digital transformation to empower its clients. And joining us today is Kieran McLeod, a member of that team, and we're so excited to pick his brain and learn more. Welcome to All Hands on Tech. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for having me. We're super excited to have you. Um, you're one of our newest members, so excited to hear kind of about your whole digital enablement team. But first, before we get too far, can you tell some listeners uh, a little bit more about PricewaterhouseCoopers and kind of what you guys do for your clients? Yeah, for sure. So before I start, I'm going to say that um, all these opinions are my own, so I'm not speaking on behalf of PricewaterhouseCoopers. But um, yeah, so PwC is uh, largely an accounting and audit firm. Right. Whenever somebody says, what does PwC do? That's what most people will think of. Um, one of the big four that that deals with audit and accounting. Um, but there's a lot of sub areas that come along with that. Right. Like when you think about tax and consulting deals. Um, and then we, we deal a lot with different risks that come across with different companies. So that's where I kind of fall in is into our, our risk assurance practice. Um, and that's what we help our clients do is just identify risks and, and help them mitigate them. Okay. And I guess a follow-up to that, um, can you tell me a little bit about kind of your journey with the company? Yeah, for sure. So I, I started out with our audit um, our, our audit services. So my background is in science, um, but I had a pretty good handle on how data, um, how data works. So I was able to kind of uh, put that into a business setting, right? And come in and, and look at more, you know, bigger data sets, more complex things that are happening um, that, you know, you might not need an accounting degree for, but if you don't know how you're using data, then you might not be able to solve. So a lot of like of uh, complementary skill sets that we worked mm -hmm. with, right? The, there's the accountants and then there's me. Um, and then so, I mean, I did a lot of that data analytics for audit services. Um, and so then about two years ago, well, anyway, I think we'll get into this, but three or four years ago, PwC went through this upskilling program where we we upskilled all of our Canadian practice, and that was kind of a global thing. But in Canada, we did that, um, and then took those lessons learned, and now we're trying to explain how how we can do that with our clients. So that's the the team I work on now. Is we call them our digital enablement team. So it's literally what it sounds like. We're trying to enable people digitally to use their technology a little bit better. Okay, very cool. And yeah, like you said, we are going to get into that a little bit more. But first, we do have some fun rapid fire questions, and this is just to get to know you, Kieran, a little bit better. So. Maybe you should kick this off, Claire. Sure. So I'm going to start things off with the very important question of <laughs> Chrome or Safari. Oh, Chrome. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. I, yeah. Yeah, same. I'm on board. I, and you know what? I don't know that I've used Safari since I was like 15, <laughs> so <laughs> I might be biased. Me neither. Yeah, yeah. Fair. Me neither. Okay. What's your go-to streaming platform? Spotify. Oh, oh okay. and what about for like shows or movies? Oh, Netflix for sure. I thought you meant music. No, but that's fine. Anything. I yeah, like yeah. both. Yeah. Uh, and I'm with you there for both of those. Those are mine as well. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I have like a subscription to like every single platform, of course, and then 
whenever I decide, oh, I don't need this anymore, I'll cancel it. And then, of course, there's a show I want to watch yeah. a few days later. So then I re, you know, 100%. sign up and I just don't know how I keep getting into this tornado. Yeah, yeah. And then you get, you get the bill every month and you're like, oh, I meant to cancel that. <laughs> well, I'll have it for another month. It's like a sickness. It yeah. truly is. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So now we have a Nova Scotia question. Lobster or fish and chips? Oh, so I'm allergic to shellfish. Oh, no. oh. Fish and chips, I know. Yeah. Default answer. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. That's is a good there, choice. Yeah. Safe choice. Is there another one that we could ask? What about like Cape Split or like the Highlands? That's that's not an easy one. Yeah. So beautiful in different ways. Yeah. I'm from Cape Breton, so I got to say oh, the Highlands. You're from, okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Good I thinking like, on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Heck yeah. Awesome. Okay. So now we'll, we'll dive in. You survived the rapid it. fire questions. <laughs> Those are scary. Thank you. Um, all right. So as we've talked about, PwC went underwent... Um, some digital transformation, upskilling workers in data and analytics. So why make this move and how has it empowered non-technical employees to perform their jobs more effectively? Yeah, so starting out with why we make this move, I think, and I think we say this to our clients now, like if you don't make the move to being using technology sometime, you're going to get left behind, right? So what PwC did was we just went full in, right? We, we decided we're going to do it with everybody Different people, different companies do it in different ways. Sometimes they'll pick like a center of excellence that they're just going to upskill or, or train them how to do their, their job a little bit better. We decided that, you know, we have our technical center of excellence who is really good at what they do, but the, we don't want them to get bogged down with kind of the mundane stuff that, you know, we, you can train anybody to really do these really simple data and analysis um, tasks. So that was that was why we went through that um, whole program. So I, I guess it's kind of related right now. We, they don't need to like when I started at PwC, people would reach out to me to say, like, like we've got these two Excel files and I don't know how to do a, a, essentially do a VLOOKUP between them. Can you help me be able to like map this account to this right. line item? I don't think that that happens very much anymore because each of the individual people now knows how to do that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So. So now that frees up the technical people to focus on things that are um, like more technology driven, like how do we make APIs into or use one of our um, softwares to, to directly connect into the system instead of getting reports. So they don't need to be bogged down with the mm -hmm. kind of the more mundane stuff. Now, that was um, kind of our next question. You kind of got into it there, but like organizationally, um, how has the democratization of digital you know, impacted the overall efficiency. So I imagine, obviously, some of those more technical teams, as you mentioned, are getting bogged down. But like, how do you feel like the whole organization is running more smoothly because of this? Yeah, it, and it's, it's that's a really good question because PwC is so like, every partner can do things the way that they want, right? I mean, there's a, a process they have to follow and they need to hit the regulatory um, uh, requirements. But the way that they get there is is largely up to them as long as they can get the get the audit done correctly. And I mean, I'm talking mostly about audit because that's where my background is in. Mm. But, you know, having people who are upskilled in, in these different things and are able to kind of take that from one audit or one job to the next does help to make it more a little bit more standardized because they're doing things in, in a similar way than they um, might not have been doing before because it was all super manual, all kind of ad hoc. And now we've gotten these tests that are done in a way that's you know reviewed and, and vetted, and we can do it in that consistent way across the organization instead of having it as siloed as as maybe it once was. Right, and with um, a team of what did you say like six thousand people? Is that just in Canada? That's the Canadian practice. Wow. I, th right. I think yeah. it's around six thousand. Yeah. Those finding those like efficiencies <laughs> is oh, super important. Yeah, and I mean like an audit, right? An, an audit isn't 
I mean, there's obviously very different things that you do in an audit and depending on the, on the company and the organization, but a lot of it is like, you know, like I said earlier, mapping your account numbers to a financial statement, right? And right. you have all these account numbers and you have these financial statements that you need to be able to say, there's this much money that went through these revenue accounts. So that's how much our revenue should say on the financial statement. And that's all that they really have to check. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I just simplified it like crazy there. Now I'm not an accountant, so I'm probably going to get <laughs> for that. But I mean, if thinking about it from a data perspective, that's right. a really simple thing to do in theory. And it's something that every client, you have to do for pretty much every single client. Right. right. Um, and being able to standardize that is a huge benefit for the organization. Totally. Yeah. So obviously now at this point, you've seen the benefits of, of this whole process. And, you know, even in some of my working experience, I've seen the benefits of kind of cross training and, and, you know, people become better at their jobs when they have a better understanding of someone else's job. Like I've, I mm -hmm. absolutely see the benefit, but when you first decided to roll this out, um, or when PwC first decided to roll this out, what, what was that like? Was there a lot of pushback, hesitation? Like how was that received? Cause that was kind of before people, you had to convince them that there was a light <laughs> at the end of this tunnel. Cause you know, that's a lot of change to implement. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, it, I think probably just like every organization, there's early adopters, there's people who jump on board once it's been proven that it works. And then there's the people who are a little bit slower to, to jump on board. Um, there's a really funny video that we show when we're trying to um, like convince people that this is a good idea. Um, and it's literally, it's somebody who, it's when Excel was implemented. Um, so there's a, a, a uh, it's a picture of an older partner mm -hmm. um, and he is saying like we always have to add up all the numbers we have to manually add them up we get our calculators out and we have to add them up right and we always check the tick at the box at, at the bottom um, and now they're saying like well Excel can do that for us all we have to do is just like drag and, and hit a sum mm -hmm. like type a sum in there and he's like well no we gotta we gotta add it up manually Right. And it's kind of similar now with with all technology is people still think about it. And I mean, I'm I'm sure I do it, too. It's an inherent bias that what you've done in the past is like, well, we've done it that way in the past. Mm -hmm, it's always mm -hmm. worked. So why would we why would we fix it? Um, and how do I trust this new technology mm -hmm. to do it the correct way? I know my calculator works. Right. But now we think like, well, I know Excel works and arguably probably better than calculator because mm -hmm. I don't have the opportunity to miss hit like the fat finger mm -hmm. um opportunities so it's that type of thing that we kind of ran into was people saying well you know this is the way we've done it in the past what's the reason that we'd need to improve this we, we've always been able to do it this way um but there's unforeseen benefits that'll come from it and there's also foreseen benefits that will come right. from it right what about like the human element like were there people who were like not my job like this is not you know I yeah need this yeah for sure and there, and there still is and yeah. it's honestly it's a fair point right if you're if like if you're an accountant or if you're like a, a, fin a finance person and you don't really have an interest in data and you understand how you know like IFRS works or how the law works for different things like fair enough you don't really need to be a data expert but you still should be able to do a little bit of it right and that was kind of our um, stance on it is like just do the figure out the minimum of it okay. like understand how to use an Excel spreadsheet well and what the potential capabilities of if you went a little bit beyond Excel would be. So then you can at least have that um, conversation with somebody who does want to do that kind of thing. 
So there has been some obvious, and you would expect there to be a little bit of pushback, but have you, you know, heard a lot of positive feedback as well about, you know, because at the end of the day, they are getting to learn a new skill, which could help them if they stay at PwC, if they move on, whatever, like, you know, just just to learn something new, I think is exciting too. Yeah, no, for sure. There's a, a really good story. So we had a um, a client that we did a w- way back when we started doing this, we, we called them boot camps and we would just kind of dive into a client and figure out what can we do to automate um, and help the team here to to make things more efficient. Um, and anyway, we automated this wild thing that took them like hours and hours to do. And the manager on the on the file started crying. So I I wasn't there, so I'm I'm not going to take credit for this. But she started crying, um, and we, people were like, "What's wrong? Like, what is going on? Are you are these happy tears or sad tears?" And she said, "They're both." And I'm like, "Well, what does that mean?" Um, and she said, well, they're happy because I'll never have to do this again, mm-hmm. but they're sad because I did not need to spend my weekends doing this the last five years. Oh, <laughs> that is happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Heartbreaking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is a good story though, because yeah, like at the end of the day, it is just kind of, again, like we have been talking about, like finding those efficiencies, right. And kind of getting some of your time back. That, That's it. Yeah. yeah. And this is a great thing that I heard to, and very recently to kind of push that along, like if you hear somebody say, oh, this saved me two hours a week, like that doesn't sound that impressive, right? right? If you think about it. But if somebody said, I can give you an extra two hours per week, right? Yeah. So now you can pick a day and you've got 26 hours in that day. Like, what would you do with that? Yeah. Would you would you go and spend time with your family? Would you go exercise? Would you work more? Like, yeah. what would you do with it? You know, that's kind of a better way to think of it, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's so interesting. There's there's probably a million reasons why people can be resistant to change. But I think that story makes a really good point to show that some people sometimes people don't want to confirm that they've been wasting time or that, there's a better, yeah. you know, like because that sometimes is just hard to hear You're for like, sure. Dang. Yeah. Thank you. But that hurts. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think, too, like and I'm definitely guilty of this is yeah. thinking that the process that you've created over yeah. the last five years is too complicated to be automated. Yeah, yeah. Right. Because you've yeah. put so much thought into how to do it. Yeah. And, and sometimes it is. But yeah. there's definitely pieces that can be. Totally. OK. So how has this strategy enabled PricewaterhouseCoopers to weather the current labor shortages that's affecting, you know, the tech industry? And, you know, how has it helped with talent acquisition and retention? Yeah. So the talent acquisition and retention, I mean, I'm not super involved with with hiring sure. outside of the technical group. So yeah. um, but I think you know, being able to tell people that they'll learn how to use technology is is a huge thing. And I think most companies need that at this point to be able to retain people um, just because, you know, especially the younger generation and, and even my generation is understands that like it's not going away. Mm-hmm. Right? So you can't just keep doing things the way you've been doing them. And if you if you do, then, um, you know, you'll you won't be as hireable in the next in five years from now um, in terms of, you know, the company. I think it's just standardization is is the main thing. So doing things in a more similar way than than we have been before. That way, you know, you have an, uh, a, a more junior staff who knows how to do this on this one job, and now they're tasked with with doing it on another job. They can use kind of some of the skills that they gained from this first job instead of recreating the wheel and trying to figure it out from scratch. So that just saves some time right away, right? Yeah. And to me, it sounds like it kind of opens the door for who you can hire also because you're willing to train them, which makes a huge difference when we're dealing with shortages. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like, you know, hearing more about 
you, Kieran, in your journey at PwC, things have really come full circle because now you're on the digital enablement team and you're teaching clients what you've learned through this digital transformation. Um, and so what advice do you typically give to clients and companies looking to empower their own employees through digital education? Yeah, so I think that there's there's kind of, we, we start out with three kind of broad questions, right? So do you want to do this yourself? Do you want to get somebody else to do it? Or do you have no idea what you need done, right? And so kind of three answers for um, each one. If you don't know what you need, then you need to, you know, have some focus groups and figure that out. Um, maybe there's companies that that um, put out maturity assessments that give you kind of some um, advice on how to, how to do that. Um, or, you know, focus amongst yourselves on what you need to do. If you want to do it yourselves then you know you need somebody who is able to either train you on how to do that or you need to set some time apart for your your employees to figure it out the way we approach that um and you know if 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 you have if you give your employees you know 10 hours a week to go and learn how to use python or r or something that is going to really help them and you follow up with them and you have this great structure in place um like they can probably go and learn that most companies don't have the ability to give their employees 10 hours a week to go do it. Um, what we do for that is we, we do kind of a blitz of a, of a upskilling program. So we would show people like, this is how you do it. Um, this is how you use the tool. Now we're gonna spend the next five to seven weeks with you and help you automate one of the things that is kind of your pain point. Um, that's kind of the way that I see that option going, right? If you just help somebody, okay, go learn how to use this tool and, and automate one of your tasks, it'll probably get put on the back burner because there's more urgent things that are typically needed, right? So there needs to be that dedicated time and there needs to be a really committed person in leadership who is willing to invest in, in making sure that happens. Then the third option is, is outsourcing it, right? And that's a legitimate option because then you don't need to worry about, A, the infrastructure, right? The, the person uh, who's doing that service is going to manage all that for you. It's essentially like, I mean, the way that very oversimplified, but it's really similar to doing, having like a server on premise or using the cloud, right? Cloud, you've got pretty much everything taken care of. Security, if you need to scale up or down, all that stuff, you don't really need to worry about it. On-prem, you know, you've got all of the control, but now you have to worry about all these little things that you might not need to worry about. Um, so those are kind of the three things that we look for to, to tell clients, like, because a lot of times it's just, where do we start? Like, how do we even get going on, on, one of the, on this giant task that we know we need to take on, but we don't know where to start? Totally. It can be a lot of fear, I think, to even um kick things off yeah so people just don't you know. Ex exactly yeah and now it's getting to the point where like we, we almost have to right yeah. yeah and when you're working with clients like what does that work look like for the digital for the digital enablement team yeah so it's either a lot of it is some of it is upskilling um mm -hmm. so teaching them how to do it themselves um and we call the other one is managed services so for example if there's a client who is you know, struggling to um, receive payments on a timely basis. And they, the thing that happens with a lot of, especially bigger, bigger organizations, is they have these processes in place that make total sense for, you know, if they're a mom and pop shop. Hmm. And then they grow, they acquire, they keep hmm. growing, and then they still have these same processes in place and they have to manually do some of these checks that you think 
you would think are should be automated at this point. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what we find is what we help with is, you know, sent, they'll, they have these, you know, they're getting data in wildly different formats or maybe they're getting them in different times. And it's just a it's just a volume problem, really. Right. And being able to help them organize that to be able to get it into a common data model, run an analysis on it and then give them a result from it. So, for example, in, in, if it's an accounts receivable problem, right, that might mean that now they're able to follow up with their um, with their customers a little more regularly and get paid a little bit more um, regularly, which improves their cash flow. Right. Do you um, do you work with any partners on any of this programming, whether that's from an educational piece or uh, software or like anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. So we we have joint business relationships with um, with Alterix is, cool. is one and, and Microsoft is kind of the two we really work deeply with cool. on my on my team anyway. Yeah. My only follow-up to that other uh, question was just, um, is it, and this might be a stupid question, but is it like your clients are coming to you for support on the digital side, or is it more like you see where there are kind of gaps and you kind of reach out to them to try and like help them, I guess? It's kind of both. So, yeah. I mean, we ha we we do uh, on our digital enablement team have the issue of independence, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we can't just dive into somebody who we audit and okay. and like automate some of their accounts receivable, right. because then we have to go and test it. And if we make if the digital enablement team makes a mistake and then the audit team goes and reviews it and says, yes, it's good, then that's an inherent issue, right? Because mm -hmm. we're reviewing our own work. Um, so we don't get as much of people coming to us to, okay. to try and solve it because those clients, we typically are already um, unable to, to help them. So a lot of it is just educating, right. you know, um, educating the partners who deal with, you know, past clients or have relationships and telling them what we do and then um, allowing them to kind of spread that information. And then, you know, we get a, a hit now and then and, and that's that. Okay, very cool. Well, um, those are it for our questions. So now the floor is yours. Is there anything that you would kind of like to add or share with listeners about, you know, what's coming up uh, at PricewaterhouseCoopers? Anything exciting, especially on the digital enablement team? Yeah. So, I mean, we are looking to um, at, at some point, you know, we'll be looking to hire. So, you know, anybody who is interested in, in applying, of course, feel feel free to reach out to me. Um, we also are having a uh, and this is pretty specific to financial services. Um, but we're having a forum that we're hoping to get a whole group of people together. And the idea is just to collaborate. Um, we're going to try and do it once every six months. Um, this one's coming up in, in August, and we're going to put it kind of public in the next couple of weeks. But we've got a couple of speakers, one from the Bank of Canada, who's going to talk about their upskilling journey and their digital journey. So, I mean, anybody who would be interested in, in attending something like that, absolutely feel free to reach out to me. And like, I can give you guys my email for, so that you can um, pass that along as well. Perfect. Cool. We'll definitely promote that on our channels too. Yeah. And, and when it comes to the hiring piece, Kieran, what type of people and talent are you looking for? Or do you think you'll be looking for? It's So what we look for is people who have a background in, in business with an interest in tech is typically okay. what we go for. Um, so, I mean, if you're a really, really strong technical person and you um, are interested in learning the business side of it, of course, that's that's also an option. Um, but we usually we usually look the other way around. Cool. Um, for the business piece first and then technology after. Nice. Okay. And just because you've been there, you know, you spend a lot of time at PricewaterhouseCoopers, why should people, what do you love about working there? There's a lot of things. I mean, so it's flexible, right? There, I mean, I can come down here in an afternoon and, yeah. and record <laughs> this podcast. So that's kind of nice, right? And I can just work a little bit more this evening. Um, there's, you know, being able to work from home is a huge benefit. 
and being able to work across the country is is also a big benefit. So most of the people, uh, most of the people I work with are in Toronto or or out west. So that means that you know it opens up your opportunity to have a network mm-hmm. um, a lot more than than working with you know a, a more a smaller company. Um, then there's also just the you know the wild amount of expertise that that sits mm. in at PwC. So like I said before, like I know how to use data and analytics and be able to use data to drive decisions, but I might not know how how an accounts payable process should go. So, you know, being able to talk to somebody who is that expert and then understand it and learn it to a level that I can now use my expertise to use the data to to get them their answers. It's a really cool hybrid of of, um, of approaches. Awesome. Well, I think that's it. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today and sharing a lot of these great insights. I've definitely learned a lot. Yeah, same here. So, this is awesome. Yeah, Thank cool. You. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to All Hands on Tech. Interested in learning more? Visit us on our website at www.digitalnovascotia.com. We'll see you next time. This has been a Podstarter production. production.